It's in Canada with God time on the breakfast show. Bible study time. We're getting stuck into the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 8, best chapter in the whole book of Hebrews, one of my favorites. Uh, we are about to have a 300, 400 point question for our quiz. Lawson, what's wrong with Hebrews 8? It's just like not as good as Hebrews 12. Oh, come on. Let's. All right. That's, that's a declaration of war here in the studio. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12 is lame compared to no Hebrews chapter No way. 8. It has like the best two opening verses of any book in the Bible at all ever. Other than like Romans 12. What about Hebrews 11 for an opening verse? Uh, it's like Now faith is the substance of things hoped okay. for, the evidence, evidence of, of things, things not, not seen. seen. That's a pretty good opening verse. For by it, the elders of Tuna could test it. Yeah. But what about Hebrews chapter 8? Now this is the summary of the things which we have spoken Dude. thus far. Oh. We have a great high priest who is sitting on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which God pitched and not man. How's that for an opening? Come on. Nah, compared Come on. to Hebrews 12, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every sin in every weight that so easily ensnares us and let us run the race with endurance that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the Christ despising the shame as he sat down in the right hand of the throne of God how can you top that I just how did how can you both, top both that no way no way try this one for an opener then <laughs> God, who in sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in times past under the fathers through the prophet, as in these last days, spoken unto us All by right, his chapter son. One, chapter 1 is like pretty good, but chapter 12 is the best. Okay, what I think we've got here, I think our conclusion is that Hebrews has some awesome chapter, chapter openers. Just like they put them in the right places, the chapters, yeah, that, they were that, like... That, uh, monk that was sitting in that monastery somewhere in what was it the eighth or eleventh century or whenever yeah. the chapters were put in, he got some of them right in the book of Hebrews. He yeah. messed up epically in some places, yeah. particularly in Revelation. But mm-hmm. in Hebrews, he really got some some firecracker openers. But in other news, we just have to do. We don't have to do. We would like to do the quiz for four hundred points. What enemies of Israel captured the ark in battle? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call for four hundred points. You can win a book from our selection of bargain books, or you can get those points on the board. Continue to work your way through. If you get every single question correct, you can win every single prize. But again, for four hundred points, what? Enemies of Israel captured the ark in battle. 0491-064-669. What's your favorite chapter chapter opener in the book of Hebrews? Chapter 1, chapter 8, chapter 11, chapter 12, or one of the others? There's there's some other other really good ones out there. You know, chapter 6 is not bad. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God. That's that's pretty epic. You got like chapter thirteen, which is very practical. It, it, the first verse is literally "Let brotherly love continue." You can't kind of argue with that one. Yeah, either. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. But chapter twelve is the bomb, dude. Chapter twelve is like my favorite. So good. The discipline of God. Oh man, that's like that changed my life. We have such a high priest sitting on the right hand of the majesty in the heavens. Okay. That's just like, that's everything right there. Yeah. It's Jesus sitting on the right hand of the Father in heaven to minister for me today, right now. What kind of, that's an amazing, that's a mind boggling promise. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged 
in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as his sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and are not sons. Furthermore... We have had human fathers who have corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more be readily in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? And it, it continues to go on. Okay, listeners, really listeners, we need your vote. <laughs> we, need, we, need, we need you to uh, solve this problem for us. Which chapter in the book of Hebrews has the best firecracker of a chapter, chapter opener? Yeah. So, so that was chapter 13, right? That was 12. Oh, that was 12. Dude, oh, that was just continuing that, on. That line, that line, chapter 12, like chapter 12, verse 3, for consider him who endured such hostility uh, from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. I'm like, Jesus has done everything for me. That, like, literally gets my heart pumping. I'm like, God is so good. Like, yeah, anyways. I love it. What do you think of chapter 9? I think it's the driest one. <laughs> old rules about worship. That's like the subheading in my Bible. <laughs> <laughs> chapter nine is chapter nine is probably the deepest chapter in Hebrews. Mm. I, I would say it's the deepest chapter, mm-hmm. and it is the most information dense, and it's just mm. wild. Mm. But its opening line is just kind of like, "Then verily the first covenant had also ordinance of design, divine service and a worldly sanctuary." Now I'm not going with chapter nine. Yeah, no, it's chapter 12. But there may be somebody out there can build an argument for chapter 9. I don't know. We want to hear from you. It is definitely chapter 8 where we have a great no, high priest. Not, like... If you don't have a high priest, if you don't have a mediator, if you don't have someone sitting on the right hand of the Father, this is everything to us. But chapter 12 is the response to that. It's like, like therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, like we have a personal role to play. Yes. Because of everything that God has done for us. And all of those witnesses are humans, whereas in chapter 8, it is Jesus Christ. Shut up, Lyle. You're just wrong. You're just incorrect. All right, we need your help, guys. Yeah. Which is the best we- chapter, chapter opener in the book of Hebrews we- and why? We want to know. We want to hear from you. Did we read any text messages? No, we didn't. <laughs> We've just been too busy fighting. We've just, we're just been arguing, bro. Yeah. Ah, that's awesome. It's, it's a good thing about to argue about which is the best. <laughs> All right, let me see here. Let me see, let me see, let me see. Let's go to text messages and let's go to... Uh, okay, so Come all right, text messages, fake news, not getting any better, only getting worse. Uh, that was, I think it was in relationship to probably the uh, Franklin Graham story. Mm. Maybe Jerry, God is good. If he can survive, he can... If he can survive that, he can survive anything. That was a pretty spectacular story. Uh, the Texas Law Review, great news, actually is just common sense. This is so true. Mm. Yeah, it took a whole bunch of lawyers to state common sense. But yeah, anyway, to say stop abusing children who can't consent. That's right. The- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> See, Lawson just said that. Yeah. All we needed was lawyers. That's right. I'm not even a lawyer. Go to Texas, not even a lawyer, and just like... (laughs) Get the bullhorn out, like stand in, you know, the the steps of the the parliament building in in Houston or Austin or whatever or Dallas. Just say that. Yep. Mm. 
Okay, this one here. The Bible is the word of God. If humanity only studied his word, we would all be a truly enlightened society with the wisdom of Solomon. Mm. He knew and wrote about most sciences that only today science is beginning to understand. In heaven, Mm -hmm. we will be searching the story of the cross and redemption for eternity. The depths of the world of the word of God is like a gold mine. The more we study it, the more golden nuggets of the love of God we find. Mm. We are looking into the mind of God. We will never reach the bottom of the gold mine. And that's the one thing that really jumps out from Hebrews chapter 8 where the Bible describes the sanctuary as a shadow. Mm. There is so little information in a shadow, and yet the shadow that we have is has so much information that we can't even begin to comprehend it all. Imagine how much more there is to learn. Mm. Uh, oh, i got to vote for chapter 8. No, you made it up. You can't even find it. No, he, guys, he's lying. I will read it to you verbatim. Okay. I will go with chapter 8. It's all about Jesus praying hands. What? Okay, okay. Listen to listen to Hebrews chapter twelve and verse two. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How is that not about Jesus? That's the most Jesus verse ever. Like it's like <laughs> what care. he's done for vote. us and what he's doing now. I like vote. All I care about. Nah, come on guys, please. Please help me. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call. You know you love chapter twelve because it's the best. Chapter eleven's not bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. Honestly, chapter eleven's like so good. <laughs> Oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is, this is the follow-up from the last one. Uh-huh. Yeah, No sanctuary, no salvation. Has sat down at the right hand of God. That is the sanctuary. Yes. In the sanctuary. That's what chapter 8 says. No, that's what chapter 12 says. <laughs> You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. All right, producer Shell, have we got any votes for any other... Uh, Chapters? No, really. Everybody's quiet this morning. Come on, guys. We need to hear from you. Which is your favourite chapter? You can pick any of the thirteen chapters in the book of Hebrews. Tell us which is your favourite chapter. Open it. Can be the first verse or the first clump of verses. Mm-hmm. Tell us your favourite chapter opener and why. So dig your Bibles out now. Go do some reading. Have a bit of a think about it and tell us why you think that one should be number one on the list. And uh, uh, um, just chapter eight. I'm going to survey people today. I'm going to come back tomorrow. I'm going to go and ask a whole bunch of people, and I'm going to say, okay, chapter 8 or chapter 12, and I'm going to read them both, and we'll we'll see what conclusion people come to. That's actually cool. Yeah, that's I right. I like that. I'll go through the office. I'll go you know, to the uni. I'll walk around on the uni campus just asking people, hey, I need you to compare something for me. Thank you. Yes. Just random. You've got to do this in an unbiased way. Yeah, totally. You can't prompt them. And say, I'm going to read you these two. Chapter 12 is better, but you can decide whether you think maybe chapter 8 is. Lyle, I'm running this survey. No, Go no do your skewing, own survey. No, no skewing the research. <laughs> Go right do here. your own survey, Lyle. Come on, get out. Maybe we should get producer Shell to uh, take a phone in her pocket and do a survey in the office no, right but now. She's married to you. That's that's bias. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where's where's uh, where's Rochelle? Let's get Rochelle to uh, do an office survey for us. Mm. Um, <clears throat> all right. Ooh. What's up? Nothing. Someone voted for me. I knew it. Nothing. I knew it. I like. I've got my fans. 
I got smart. I've got Bible supporters out well, there. Chapter actually, twelve. Says, chapter twelve is also up there, Lawson. Oh, come on, come on. <laughs> I don't want pity. Let's points. get into our part. Let's right, get into our study. Right, here we let's go. Get into our study. We were yesterday looking at the new covenant. Yes, mm. and the new covenant says that it has better promises than the old. Yes, it says that it has less faults than the old, mm-hmm. and it says that it is eternal, unlike the old. Mm-hmm. We were then comparing that with the Ten Commandments because some people say that the Old Covenant is the Ten Commandments. And we found that uh, the Ten Commandments doesn't have any bad promises in it. Mm-hmm. We found that the Bible says there is no fault. The New Testament says there is no fault in the Ten Commandments. Mm. And we found that the Bible says that the Ten Commandments last for eternity. In fact, you go right down to the very end of the Bible as far as you could go, and this is where we were heading yesterday when we finished off. We read from chapter 12, and then we read from chapter 14 of Revelation, and you pretty much can't go further than chapter 22 uh, and verse 14. Blessed are those that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. So you that's, you know, a couple of verses from the end of the entire Bible. Mm. And so we know the Ten Commandments are eternal. So therefore, it is an absolute categoric impossibility for the Ten Commandments to be the same thing as the Old Covenant. Mm. So why is it then that people just do a quick surface read and go, oh, yeah, the Ten Commandments is the Old Covenant? There's a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. The first one is that there are places in the Bible where the Ten Commandments is described as a covenant. Mm. Not as the Old Covenant, but as a covenant. Mm -hmm. So, all right, we've got that. And then you've got what it says in the rest of Hebrews 8. So if we go over to Hebrews 8. I'm already and, there, oh, You're already there. Mm-hmm. It's a good chapter. I'm glad you're already there. <laughs> That's a great opener. <laughs> uh, let's go to verse 9, and we will see here why it is that people go, okay, the Ten Commandments are called a covenant, and you have Hebrews 8 verse 9. Therefore, the Ten Commandments are the Old Covenant. Mm. All right, go for it in, in, in verse 9. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them, out of the, uh, took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. They did not remain faithful to my covenant, covenant so I turned my back on them, says the Lord. Okay, so let's ask ourselves this question. Uh, are the Ten Commandments sometimes referred to as a covenant? Yes. Did, were the Ten Commandments given at the time of the Exodus? Yes. Did the Israelites break the Ten Commandments? Yes. And so people go, verse 9, there you go, the Ten Commandments are the Old Covenant. Yeah, wow. It seems like your trend, your favorite chapter is trying to just downplay the law of God. That's crazy, lol. I want to do that if it's so good. You've got one verse out of context all on its own. <laughs> so let's back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And let's read, well, our previous verses are that the Old Covenant has uh, weak promises, it's faulty, and it's temporary. Mm -hmm. We know that the Ten Commandments are not. Mm -hmm. But we now know that the Old Covenant has a fault in it somewhere. Mm -hmm. And we need to find out where the fault is. All right. So let's go to... um, Exodus chapter 19. Hebrews 8, verse 7 and okay, 8. Okay, never mind. All right. Uh, and, then Hebrew, we'll go Hebrew, and then we'll go Exodus 19. 19. Yeah, okay. I know. We've done this Bible study a bunch of times before. <laughs> but 
but it's a really important one. I gave this Bible study like two days ago. Oh, okay. To someone. So I'm, I'm, I'm on it. All right. Hebrews chapter eight, verse seven and eight. The Bible says, if the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need for a second covenant. Okay. Let's stop there for a moment. So the Bible here talks about the fault that's in the first covenant. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right, then the Bible goes on and talks about the fault again and tells us where the fault was. But when God found fault with the people. Thank you. And this is important because people say, because when you say, you know, the, the old covenant was faulty, people go, wait a minute, how does that work? How does God make something that is faulty? Mm. What does the Bible say? Does the Bible say the fault was with God? No. Where was the fault? With people. The fault was with the people. So what we're looking for is a covenant that has conditions on both sides, Mm -hmm. that has promises on both sides, and a covenant Mm -hmm. that has a fault in it because of the people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now we can go Exodus 19. Yeah, nice work. Exodus. Exodus chapter 19. Uh Okay, so you gave this Bible study two days ago. Yeah, that's um, right. Fresh, I'm in, thinking, fresh man, in the mind. I must have given this a bunch so many times on, <laughs> on Faith FM that he knows Bible study off by heart. Uh, well, it's from doing it on Faith FM that I can give it to other people. Well, Guys, if you listen to Faith FM, you can give Bible studies to other people. Okay. Okay. I'll wholeheartedly tell you that right now. Praise okay. God. Okay. All right, let's go to Exodus 19, verse 5. And before we, before we start reading, let's ask a question. Is this the time of the Exodus? Yes. Okay. Just settling that right there, because the old covenant was given at the time of the Exodus, mm-hmm. uh, and it was faulty. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, notice actually how this is this is at the time of Exodus. It's actually the chapter before the Ten Commandments. Yes. So this predates the Ten Commandments. Yes. All right. Check this out. In verse 5, the Bible says, Now, if the covenant, uh, sorry, now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all, pe- all the peoples on earth. For all the earth belongs to me, and you will be, a, uh, be my kingdom of priests and my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. Okay, so do we have a covenant here? Yeah. Is there any problem with what God has said? No. So there's no fault so far. So we do have a covenant. It is at the time of the mm-hmm. Exodus. It does predate the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's no problem with it yet. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we go to verse uh, 7. and Verse 7. Yep. So Moses returned from the mountain and called together the elders of the people and told them everything the Lord had commanded him. All right. And verse 8. And all the people responded together, We will do everything the Lord has commanded. So Moses brought the people's answer back to the Lord. Okay, so what do the people promise to do right here? Everything. In other words, they promise to be perfect. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, we will not break your covenant. We will not sin. Mm-hmm. Ever tried that? Yep. <laughs> it's like, and how long did you last? Classic. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't ask. No, nah, classic story. I like got baptized. You yes. know. I, Became a Christian, like it yes. was the best day of my life. And a group of us were, were walking around, you know, Newcastle, like the Nobbies area, like afterwards. And we walked up this hill where like there's a war memorial and there's a cannon sitting on the top. And I see like it's like a cannon, like old big cannon. And I'm like, oh, 
I should climb over the rope that says no climbing and I should climb on top of that cannon. And I'm in the middle of doing it. And then one of my friends is like, Lawson, you just got baptized. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh, whoops. And it's just, it's just one of those classic things of just like, just being new in the faith. How can you hurt a cannon anyway? Why does that rope it off? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. People climb on it for crying out loud. Anyways, interesting Uh, stuff. Yes. So the people promise something here. They have actually no power to do. 100%, yeah. They have a sinful nature. It's not going to happen for them. There's a weak promise right there. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. This is mm. The Breakfast Show, and that message hasn't changed. So let's have another clue for a uh, 500-pointer question for our quiz. For 500 points, what Old Testament prophet was a shepherd from Tekoa? I have a friend named Tekoa, actually. Cool, cool and name. He, and he's really white, like, and his name's Tekoa. What's wrong with that? It's just like a super biblical name, which is like pretty standard for people to have. But then it's also like it comes off as like a real kind of islander name. But John he, is like a super biblical name. Yeah, but John has like become a Western name. But Tekoa hasn't. But my friend named Tekoa, he's like, the, he's awesome. Uh, but anyways. Cool. If you know who was the shepherd, the Old Testament prophet who was a shepherd from Tekoa, 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you know that answer. And you can win our prize, our 500-point prize for this morning, which is the Antichrist Agenda, the Ten Commandments Twice Removed by Denny Shelton. Like, that is the most hectic book title ever. But it gets right into what the Bible says about what the Antichrist attempts to do. And, guys, it revolves all all around what we're talking about today. The law of God. Absolutely. So 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. Okay, so at this particular point, we need to uh, um, have a look at Hebrews chapter 8 and ask ourselves the question, have we found a covenant that fulfills the Mm. uh, identifying characteristics that the Bible gives us of the old covenant? So in Hebrews 8 and verse 9, the Bible says, Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the hand of Egypt. Okay, mm. is there a covenant here at the time of the Exodus? In Exodus 19, yes, there is. Yes. Because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, says the Lord. Uh, do the Israelites break this particular covenant they make in chapter 19? Yeah, bro, they go and dance around a golden calf. Exactly, just a few weeks later. Mm-hmm. All right, so this fulfills those identifying characteristics. Then let's back up and go to verse 8. Is there a fault with the people in this covenant? (coughs) Yep, they're sinners. All right, let's go back up to verse 7. Is there a fault in the covenant? Yes. The people. An impossible promise, yep. Then we go back up to verse 6. Is there some weak promises in this covenant? Yeah. Yes, because the people make those promises. Mm -hmm. And then we go down to verse 13. Uh, is this a covenant that was to be done away with? Yes. Yes. Because essentially what you have in the old covenant is a covenant to obey God without conversion, Mm. without the power of the Holy Spirit, all on your own. And that is salvation by works. The old covenant is simply this. It is simply salvation by works, and salvation by works is never going to save anybody. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just never going to happen. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've got a text message coming through here. Let me just see what this one says. Uh, this one comes from John. I would like to thank Lawson this morning for his comments yesterday on the commandment and honouring your father and mother. The King James says, Your days will be long upon the land that the Lord your God giveth you, gives you, gives, giveth thee. I have always thought about 
thought about this world, but it says giveth thee, which could mean in the future. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a really good comment from John. Mm. All right, let's um, uh, and if you'd like to share your thoughts, then our number is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. You can call or text. Uh, you can jump here on the radio. We'd actually love to hear what your favourite chapter of Hebrews is this morning. Chapter <laughs> opener. Okay, um, let's let's look a little bit more at the old covenant and just make some comparisons mm. between the old covenant and the new covenant. Mm-hmm. And if we go to Exodus chapter twenty four. Mm-hmm. And verse 8, uh, verse 7 and 8. Let's, let's read verse 7 and 8. Go for it there, please. And Lord. then he took the book of the covenant, covenant and he read it aloud to the people. Again, they all responded, we will do everything the Lord has commanded. We will obey. Then Moses took the blood from the basins and splattered it over the people, declaring, look, this blood confirms the covenant the Lord has made with you in giving you these instructions. Okay. This is interesting because there is a direct relationship between the Ten Commandments and the Old Covenant. Mm-hmm. There is a direct relationship between the Ten Commandments and the New Covenant. Yes. Okay, so if we work our way through these two verses right here, uh, by the way, what kind of blood is being used in this bowl right here? Uh, probably the blood of a lamb, right? Yeah, it's actually the blood of a bull. Okay. So a bull was used instead of a lamb mm-hmm. for major sacrifices. That's this right, was a yeah. major sacrifice. Okay, so he takes the blood of, the, of a bullock and uh, the Book of the Covenant, and he sprinkles the people um, and seals the covenant. This is the old covenant we're talking Mm -hmm. about where the people have promised, yet we'll do everything. Mm. And it's interesting, when you come to the old covenant that has that weak promise in it, uh, we will do it ourselves, it's sealed with the blood of a bull. The new covenant is sealed with the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, Now, what's interesting is in verse 8, at the end of verse 8, you know, we're in verse 8. The Bible says, Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people, and said, uh, Behold the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you concerning or about mm. these words. So you've got the Ten Commandments, and then you've got a covenant that is about those words. Mm. So those words are not, the ten, are not the covenant. The covenant is about those words. Mm. And the difference you're going to see between the Old and the New Covenant is that the Old Covenant is a covenant about the Ten Commandments that the people will keep it. The New Covenant is about the Ten Commandments that God will keep it through you. Mm. And that's the difference between your Old and New Covenant. One is conversion and one is salvation by works. Mm. It really comes down to that to being that simple. Both covenants are about the Ten Commandments. Yes. One is God saying, I will write it in your heart. I will write it on your mind. Uh, I will do this through you. Mm. The other is the people saying, we will do this ourselves. Mm. The doing this is your Ten Commandments. The difference is the approach to how those Ten Commandments are kept. Mm. Okay, so the New Covenant, here's an interesting question. How new is the New Covenant? Did con- Was conversion not necessary in the Old Testament? Were people saved under the Old Covenant? Well, like, I've, I've been reading through a bunch of the New Testament. You know, I'm currently in Second Kings, and it seems as though, like, the Spirit of the Lord, which is, you know... The, the, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, which is the method that, you know, God proclaims to use as 
having help us to keep the, the confidence in sorry the Ten Commandments. It seems as though it's working very much there as well. It seems to be you read through uh, Kings and Chronicles, you're going to find that the Holy Spirit is working all the time. Yeah, especially in Judges too. It's like, yes. oh, yep, there's, there was this judge and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and then he did all this awesome stuff. And, like, yeah, it seems like God's Spirit, that the, the Spirit, the help that he wants to give, this conversion experience that he wants his people to have is happening all the time. Yes. So it seems like it's always been there. Absolutely. Mm. All right, so here's, uh, so here's a question. If the Holy Spirit has always been there and we have always kept the law of God by the power of the Holy Spirit and not by our own power, then uh, the new covenant, isn't that the same covenant that you get in the Garden of Eden? Yeah, right. It's called the everlasting covenant. Mm. So how can the everlasting covenant be called the new covenant? If it's always been there, what makes it new? Mm. If it predates the old, right? Yeah, it predates the old covenant. The new covenant predates the old one. Could we say it's because of the fulfillment? Yes, we could say that. Yeah. Ah, okay. We could definitely say that. Mm. The old covenant was ratified with the blood of a bull at mm. the time of the Exodus. Mm-hmm. The new covenant was ratified or sealed, confirmed, we, should, we could say, to use more um, common vernacular, uh, with the death of Jesus Christ. Mm. And so even though it predated the old covenant, we date it from when it was confirmed rather than and sealed rather than when it was actually made. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It is time for question of the day. Before we do, we have some answers for our questions. Lawson. All right. For the 100 points, it was of life, the bread of life. For 200 points, the it was 12 spies who were in Canaan. For 300 points, it was Nehemiah, who was a wall-building Jewish exile. For 400 points, uh, the answer was the Philistines who captured the Ark in battle. And for 500 points, the answer was Amos. He is the shepherd from Tekoa who became an Old Testament prophet. But right now it is time for... Question of the day. All right, Lyle, our question of the day is, did the Lord come down to earth and close and seal up the door of the ark uh, for Noah when the flood started? Okay, this is a really good question right here. The Bible doesn't actually specifically say. So if we read in Genesis chapter 7, the Bible says, uh, you know, in verse 9, they went two and two into the ark the male and his female, as God had commanded Noah, and it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. Um, And that's kind of, you know, all it says here, you know, uh, verse 7, Noah went in and his sons and his wives and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood. And they went in there and they wait seven days. The Bible doesn't specifically say that God closed the door. However, there are some things that I will just sort of, I guess, point out, and that is that the ark as strong as it was, would have needed to be supernaturally preserved to be able to survive the flood because this was not a normal kind of flood where the level of the water just goes up and then it comes down again. And so, you know, obviously the most vulnerable part of any ship is going to be your windows and doors. This is one of the reasons why you will see in ships that have very small windows, for instance. Mm. And if they're going to have big windows such as up on the bridge, they're a long way up where they are out of reach of the waves that are going to be bashing against them. And so these are the most vulnerable points. These are the points that are going to be, need to be the strongest, the, the, the most strongly 
uh, reinforced. And as the ark was supernaturally preserved, then the door would have been supernaturally preserved or held closed by God. Mm. And so I think that that's a reasonable assumption uh, to make right there and perfectly fits with the model that we have of the flood. Now, the reason I say this is that when you look at the nature of our world today and you look at the fact that we have very deep oceans and very high mountains uh, with a whole bunch of water that forms those oceans. Now, the water that forms those oceans once flooded the entire earth, which means that the very deep oceans were once not so deep Mm. and the very high mountains were once not so high. Your flood is taking space over a period of about a year and so in a very, very short space of time, you've got you know massive ocean basins dropping down and massive mountain ranges being pushed up. And so that's an incredible amount of seismic activity that's going to take place. You can only imagine the uh, tsunamis that that would you know, just be sloshing around our world with all of that happening. Uh, so if you look at, you know, the tsunami that it had in Tonga, you know, it was pretty mild compared to what we would have during the flood when you've got your whole ring of fire that, you know, just sort of blows up all around you. Um, and, 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 and so when you, or, or with the Himalaya mountains pushing up, you know, you've got those pushing up, you know, out of the continent. Imagine the tsunamis that's going to create. You know, we had the uh, Indian Ocean tsunami back in the early 2000s where you had some islands that were moved like 30 metres. Whole island was moved 30 metres, 30 metres different spot from where it was before. That's very mild compared to having the Andes created, right? Yeah. Super mild. Uh, and yet, you know, 300,000 people died as a result of the tsunami that came from that. Mm. And so when you start to put that together, the ark would have been in incredibly tumultuous water. It would have been in danger of running aground. It would have been in danger of being smashed into mountains. Uh, It would have been in danger all the time and without the power of God supernaturally constantly preserving it, it would never have survived. You know, there's a fascinating uh, news story that I was noticing this morning where they're you know, looking at these uh, fossils that they just found in the United States uh, in, in a place called Tanis, I think it is, and they're like, yeah, these died, these, all these fossils died in a, in a massive catastrophe. It's almost like a car crash frozen in place. wonder how that could happen. Maybe there was an asteroid hit. Well, you know, if you read the Bible, it actually tells you how it happened. It's no great uh, surprise as to how all of these things took place. Anyway, I do believe that the ark was supernaturally closed up and sealed by God. And as you go through your day, don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. For being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.